You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome to March 2022 Yeah, and to Sexy Marriage Radio. Yeah, it's flying by already. (laughs) We've blinked and the first two months are gone. Uh, That seems to be the case every month, every year. Uh, what's the saying that every year you get older, the faster the time goes mm-hmm. or something like that? That uh, It's true. I can't, yeah, I can't dispute it. So uh, take advantage of the time while you have it, I guess would be our, mm-hmm. our plea from the very beginning of our show today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is Sexy Marriage Radio, where um, we love to hear from the people that listen and the members of the nation. And the way you can let us know what's on your mind is call us 214-702-9565. Leave a voicemail with a question, a topic, feedback. Uh, continuation of a topic we've covered and you just want to give your spin or your take, uh, you get to the front of the line that way. Mm-hmm. Or send us an email, feedback at sexymergeradio.com. And also we ask you to help us spread the word, rate and review, leave a comment on iTunes if you like the show. If you don't like the show, leave a, leave a review. Mm-hmm. We, we want the feedback. We want to get, we want to get the information so we be, we're better and then marriages are better. Mm-hmm. Because I think we'll all benefit um, when we take the time out to just listen to what's going on, apply it to what fits with me, and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, you know, as of the airing of this now, um, there's a lucky couple that has won a scholarship to the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway at the mm-hmm. end of the day that this air this is airing. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And so you'll, That's right. you'll be notified via email uh, if you put your name in and if you miss the window to get a chance to get a scholarship for the registration uh, you can still sign up. We got till April fifteenth, so you got like a month and a half before the rate goes up. Mm-hmm. Get that early bird discount. Spaces are limited, so jump in if you've been on the fence wondering if you're going to come join us in Indy in June twenty three, June twenty third to the twenty fifth. Uh, sign up now, smrnation.com forward slash getaway. That's how you can come join us. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, uh, we've got a few loose ends to wrap up, Pam. We do. From two weeks ago. Okay. And the episode that uh, we were a little, uh, I think one of the emails, his reference was counselory or counselorish. Okay. And so we've got a couple different things we'll, we'll tie up uh, today to help continuing that conversation, plus um, a voicemail that's come in we'll cover as well. And then on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to dive into, based off an email that's come in from a listener on, he's in a gridlock issue with his wife, and so he's decided he's going to work on himself, and he's heard us, he's heard us say that several times. So what exactly does that mean? Oh, that's good. this gets me excited. This is my favorite part of Everything we talk about. And so that's where we're heading today. <laughs> All that's coming up on today's show. So we'll start with the loose ends that All we right. need to wrap up. Yeah, fill um, me in. From um, episode 559 is what we'll be referencing. Okay. okay. And so the first came in from, because that this it's funny because it's a follow-up to a follow-up. 
if you think about the thread yeah. of things. And some of that's just always fascinating to me. But this is when I made a comment about um, somebody from Instagram with the Christians who curse sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I had made a statement about ask yourself your question, is the sex you're having worth wanting? And, ask, and if you want to go deeper, ask yourself, are you worth having sex with? Mm-hmm. Right. And so um, the email came in and said, thanks so much for the work that you do. And I was listening to the start of 559, and I, have, I may have picked up on what caused the issue to your question. You were clarifying and defending the question of, are you worth having sex with? In the past, I believe you framed this question slightly different as in, is the sex you have, is sex with you worth having? The question, this question lands very differently when the object of worth being evaluated is the sex, not the you. I wonder also if this resonates differently when you're asking a man versus a woman, but I think that what I listed above is the main obstacle. I would strongly recommend phrasing it as, is sex with you worth having rather than are you worth having sex with? I think you meant the same thing both ways, but it feels different to someone encountering the inquiry for the first time. I hope I've captured this accurately. Thanks for listening and being open to the feedback so that we all get better together. That's interesting because those really are two different questions. On the statements? Yeah. change a couple of words and you change the meanings dramatically. And I'm curious from your standpoint, is his diagnosis correct or did you really intend the... Are you worth having sex? I'm because you may very well have meant that. See, there's there's two levels to this, because the one of is the sex you're having worth wanting, yeah, is is more of the actionable. What's going on? What's your role in co-creating it? But then the other side of it is a deeper, more uh, penetrating question about our worthiness, our value, our identity, and looking back at it, I don't know if I was meaning when I wrote it to go really straight at the person. It, it was more just a, that's just the way I wrote it. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's, I think he's spot on in his read and, and, and capturing it because those two things like you're picking up on do make dramatically different meanings. Mm-hmm. But I think we can go with both of them. And so if it is a newer person coming into this vernacular, it's better to have it framed as, is the sex you're having worth wanting? Right. Well, is, and or is are the you sex offering with up? you worth having? Perfect. Yes. Right. That's what his point. Right. Because yeah. I think that if we, I'm just kind of going back all the way through the ten years of doing this show, and one of the phrases that's always stuck with stuck with me is this idea: of, is, is the sex I'm having worth wanting? And that's mm-hmm. where I picked it up from Schnars. That's the very first person I heard it. Yeah. But then, as the more and more I think about it, a lot of this whole thing that we talk about when it comes to our sex lives and in marriage, where we can't hide who we are and how we view ourselves. Sometimes the more penetrative question is necessary. Yeah. The, are how, you worth having sex with? How do I view me? Mm-hmm. Right. How do I view my worthiness, my identity, my value? What am I bringing to the equation? Well, some of this goes into what we'll talk about in the, in, in the extended time when you're talking about that specific question. On how am do I, I continue to me? evolve right? that and grow in that? How am I yes. working on me? But. but it's so I think there's merit to both. Um, and I probably should have taken better care with the audience knowing if it's an Instagram and the way I wrote it, I probably should have recognized that the, the differences between those two phraseologies, but it's still, I think it, I think we can go both ways with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to kind of recognize, okay, depending on where you are as you're in your journey and how you are learning the process of self-confrontation, each of those mess- messages can go a little bit different. Right. Still a valid question. It absolutely is. And 
I don't even know where to end it from there. So, okay, well, go on to the next one. What okay, are we, so the next what are we one. going into next? <laughs> so this came from another listener that says they're a consistent listener here for years. Uh, like Pam said at the end of the show, I agree. The discussion was sort of high altitude. Sometimes I feel the show gets a bit too, how can I say, for counselors. This was one of those episodes, perhaps, but I was still able to follow along with Corey and his approach to gridlock was helpful. I'd like to simplify it for the non-sex counselor crowd. So here it goes. So he's going to try to help frame this. I sum up. I sum up. The gridlock (laughs) to the gridlock based on dissimilar interests. Each party should ask themselves, am I being selfish? Each person should self-examine their hearts, but fallen human beings need to watch for the simple issue of selfishness. Love is not self-seeking, the Bible says. True love will not demand. And that's it. If there are issues from there, each person can bring them to God first and, of course, just honestly discuss the desires. Where there are dissimilar interests, there can be grace. The love we have for our spouse has the power to overcome whatever fetish we don't sexually have gratified. I have a gridlock area in my marriage, and the correct thing to do has been to see that being stubborn about it is basically unloving and selfish. Personally, my love for my wife is more important and significant than my sexual fantasies. To me, the issue is not mainly how can I understand myself more and self-examine or how can I understand my spouse more. It is at the root of our own bent in around ourselves, and that is the real battle of and for marriage, the pursuit of selflessness. No? That's his phrase. That's his phrase. Okay. And I think there's some merit here. And this is this is one of those things of so people that are members of the academy and we're on our coaching call uh, at the end of February. We talked about some of this dynamic. And so I want to go a little bit further with this on the larger audience. Okay. Okay. Because I, I like what he's saying here, that there's this element of, if you look at it through the lens of what we describe with marriage, it's, it's a mirror that reveals a lot of ourselves and some of what I need to refine mm-hmm. or grow up from and through is my tendency to want things my way my tendency to demand, my tendency to manipulate mm-hmm. and cajole or try to convince so that I just get things so it's more comfortable for me. And so what he's pointing out is if I'm using this lens of love, is that loving? Valid question. Right? And yeah. Because I think that gives us a standard to strive for, to move, to move towards. And, it, and I can use it as a marker for my own growth and my own, my own path of recognizing things. But I'm being very intentional to not land on his word selfish. Okay. Because I think the word selfish has a lot of different meanings that don't quite capture what really goes on. Okay. You want to expound on that a little bit? Well, tell me where what you, tell me where, what you're hearing from the way he's framed it and the way I'm kind of easing into this part of this, into this segment. Well, I mean, his way to, in my mind, uh, is, um, wording there is, seems to be it from a grown up perspective. You know, I got to have grace. I, my concern there was, Am I doing this and saying it's out of love, but then I'm just getting walked all over because I don't, because I'm going to back down from anything that may be a desire of my own. Right. Because my spouse, this, I think his model works in a relationship where both adults, both partners are 
grown up and trying to do things out of love. But we've got so many instances where one part... It doesn't appear to be the case. That doesn't appear to be the case. And so how do you address it in those scenarios? Right. Right. I can come from love all day long and get walked over like a doormat. Right. Or keep feeling like I'm banging my head against the wall mm-hmm. perpetually. Because yeah. the phrase that jumps out to me, and then I'll move back to the selfishness, okay. is his statement of where there are dissimilar interests, there can be grace. The love we have for our spouse has the power to overcome whatever fetish we don't sexually have gratified. I think there's truth in there, but this is back to the academy call. I think there's things that we, we posit as paths forward, Mm-hmm. It's like we'll hear the churchies of we well, need to pray more, you need to submit more, and that's information that that stuff that's being delivered. It's not wrong, but oftentimes it's not enough. It's not the whole story. Okay, right? Because this idea of even the whole idea of I need to love you more on the gridlock issues we have. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't take away the pain, right then and there. It doesn't until I can readjust my mind and my thinking to it as well. And I can readjust my feelings to it as well, while at the same time not feeling like I'm giving up on myself. Can we throw out like a specific example to illustrate it a little better? Well, so let's go back to um, the fetish of he wanted to do some prostate massage during mutual masturbation from Mm -hmm. two weeks ago. Yep. And she was, no, no. Not interested in that. Mm-hmm. So he has to ask himself the question of, is my desire to want to have, to participate in that with her, what does that provide for me versus it's just my desire? Is, is it lessened if she's not involved in it mm-hmm. or not? Because that's his, that is his growth path, right? What is his growth Deciding growth on is, what is it about her being involved in it that makes it what it is for him? Okay. Versus, because you can do participate in prostate play with no one around, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's looking at it as, because I just think some of these things, and this is what we try to tackle, if you think about through the history of Sex Emerge Radio, we try to tackle these things with giving a framework, because there's really not a, here's the path forward, right? We can't say, well, what if on Tuesdays um, <laughs> you get this, and then on Friday she gets that, and then, you know... We try all these different ways to overcome these issues that we have that are just pressures between us, that they don't solve it completely. Okay. But I need to look at my manner and how I'm going about it to try to solve it. Who am I? That's where he's right in this of, if I'm framing things as I love my spouse, does selfishness have a place? Because to me, selfishness usually has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also, it can be a, a neutral maybe even a positive connotation. And it all is about context. Because most of the time you hear the word selfish is when I want to pursue something you're not interested in and so you will call me selfish, let's say. Okay. But you calling me selfish is the same premise because you don't want what I want. Therefore, you're selfish about that. Understood. <laughs> so, Understood. So I think we it can, gets... We both have the same argument. The, exactly. the other one's being selfish. Exactly. So the selfless, I like this idea, but that also presupposes I have a self, which that's the whole point of me growing, 
and me evolving to、It's, give up on my desires without feeling like I'm giving up on myself. Hmm. Interesting. And it's not always that I'm going to give up everything, but I think I can re re evaluate and recalibrate my relationship to my desires because they evolve. They do. True that. And、yeah. so recognizing, yes, I'm in the midst of this now, but my relationship with what I'm in the midst of will evolve and change. So who am I in the manner of changing within that dynamic?、Mm -hmm. So I think that's where it lands the most. That. I can look at it as yes, I need to. I'm called to love, which that's usually the betterment of the whole.、Mm -hmm. If I will go that route,、mm -hmm. if I'm if I'm manipulating, that's to the betterment of one. Ultimately, then none. True. <laughs> if I, I, if I, I want a、yeah. relationship, yeah, right. So it's looking through this as a lens of. How do, how do I need to be able to understand myself and self-examine and then act accordingly? With what it is that the with this desire I've got a fetish I've got or whatever it may be, because that's our paths forward. That's all we've got. And do you have something more? I I don't. I, I want to flip、I'm、to the other end of the、you. spectrum. Go for it. Okay. With with our next our next segment. Okay. Hi, I've、uh, searched your archives and didn't find anything about orgasm denial, and I'm just wondering if the concepts. If the concept raises any red flags for you, so here's our situation. My wife and I have been married for over 20 years.、Uh, we have three children that are almost grown, and、uh, we still have a healthy sex life with a frequency of two or three times a week. We like to try new things to keep it exciting, and I've noticed that on a week when we haven't had sex for whatever reason, I get really、uh, horny, I guess, and can't keep my hands off of my wife. But it's not exactly frustration; it's more excitement. So, could it be okay, an okay idea to harness this excitement? I've heard of the concept of orgasm denial, where the wife will intentionally withhold an orgasm from her husband as a tease or to build excitement, and this can also be part of some kind of role playing. So, here's the role playing I have in mind: My wife wants our basement storage room to be organized. I don't think it's that urgent, so I never get around to it. But if she were to say, "Hey, no more orgasms for you until the basement is organized," suddenly I'm all in.、Um, she thinks this plan is a little silly. I should just want to help her organize the basement. It shouldn't have anything to do with sex. But she's willing to go along with it because she wants me to be happy and she wants the basement to get organized. So, is this okay?、Um, I'm thinking especially of First Corinthians seven verse five, where it says, "Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time." So that you may devote yourselves to prayer, which there's no prayer angle for us in this.、Um, then come together again, so Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I feel like it is mutual, and there is some self-control going on.、Um, and here's a bonus detail that you can edit out if it's too explicit. So at the end of each basement organizing session,、uh, the plan is she would evaluate my work, and if she's pleased, then we get to snuggle and. I might offer her physical pleasure, manual or oral, that she can say no to.、Um, and if she's not pleased, then she spanks me with a paddle. And、uh, either option is very arousing to me. Well, thanks for your show, and I look forward to the answer. Bye. So, he here we're at the other end of the, what we're talking about. So we got to make sure it's very clear that this is not a follow-up to to the week prior, two weeks prior. 
this is a, a whole new segment. So I don't want people people thinking we're going to try to tie this all in together. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Because this is on the other side of the equation where they're utilizing the dynamic and the role play and and the tension as as a fuel, if you will, mm-hmm. as something to propel forward. Mm-hmm. And at face value, um, from the couples I've come across that have incorporated similar dynamics where it, it really largely is the dominant submissive idea, the role play, mm-hmm. the power dynamic in there, um, the polarities even fits. Um, if they're both on board, go for it. It's a way to enhance some of the dynamic and energy and maybe get the basement cleaned out of this whole thing too quickly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not clear on the correlation of the first Corinthians in there. I think that that segment well, of scripture has a whole different connotation absolutely. I think, than but what it, we're using I, here. I think, yeah. And, and he recognizes that, but I think he also is asking the question of if you're, if you're um, abstaining from mm-hmm. it, is that a problem? Because they're not abstaining for prayer, according to the scriptures. I mean, that was the little statement that was written in there of don't with don't with deny each other, in essence, of of the sexual dynamic between you, except for a mutual consent and time gotcha. for, to, to well, reserve time for prayer. Okay. I mean, it sounds like they're both in agreement on what they're doing here. It didn't sound like one of them was um, maliciously withholding anything. No, right. and he's even describing though the joy and the pleasure he gets out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. kind of the buildup, right, to it, and she sounds totally fine with it. Yeah, and he yeah. actually did a follow up email to give a quick update. Oh, okay. Just saying, we decided to go ahead with the chastity play. We're ten days into the basement, and ten days into it, and basement storage room is getting organized. I'm very hornet, horny, and affectionate towards my wife. I find aroused. Mm-hmm. And compelling, I find I'm aroused and compelled to do more housework. And I'm more efficient at my job so that I can get home earlier and start pleasing her. I'm aroused and compelled to be thoughtful about offering her small acts of kindness. It's all turned into big turn-ons for me. And so it's just, he goes on and talks more, but it's an element of just the dynamics working. Because this is more of a role play, almost, Mm -hmm. dynamic that that they're working out here. And so... I look at it as, okay, if that's harnessing this energy and making it something that's not weaponized between you, you both are on board. Yeah. That's stuff that we've kind of been advocates for in a lot of different arenas. I, I mean, it sounds fun. It sounds like a, a couple that at, at least he is in there anal- figuring out what makes him tick and what's exciting that is totally within the boundaries for both of them. Right. So. And at the end of his follow-up, he even says, it's not something I want to continue beyond a few weeks. I just don't think that's sustainable. I'd be exhausted. But it is a nice tool to have in the toolbox. Well, yeah, a little change-up. We all like change-up Sure, because some of this is is what we do as part of the chase. It's part of the intrigue. It's part of tapping into the erotic. Mm -hmm. We do this in a lot of different ways, maybe just not near as overt as what they're describing. Because there is an element of, hey... This is an energy and a dynamic going on between husband and wife. Harness it. Yeah. Utilize it and see what you can get done. Maybe you get top to bottom, the whole house clean. <laughs> right. And and kudos to you. Thanks for, for giving an idea to other people that this may be ringing true to in the nation. Maybe so. 
So before we segue into the extended content, I'm going to read the email to set it up. And then we'll spend time talking about it. Perfect. In, in the extended content. So this says, my question's about the higher desire working on himself and defining what that exactly means. The context would be a lower desire wife refusing to do much of anything on her end. No sexual expression verbally in conversation or even text or email. No fantasies. Believe me, we've read through lists of what I would be considering okay to do in marriage and even all the immoral ones, such as threesome, same-sex, stranger, etc. You name it. You name it, it does not do anything for her. No desire for toys. She could have the biggest and best orgasm of her life and never talk about it later or even try and replicate it ever again. I feel she's completely content on being non-sexual in expression, conversation, exploration, and novelty. No desire for the connection that I want. This is after two years of me asking specifically, me bringing it up often, creating a two-year continual argument. So I've decided to try and work on myself or better myself. Okay, what does that mean exactly and specifically? Work on myself until my desire for a good sex life goes away? Practically, what does it mean when I arrive at a place of betterment? I will no longer desire her. Maybe I'll be so spiritual that sex won't be a thing in my life. Go to the gym and make muscles a priority. Focus on business and money. I know it's a loaded question, but if I cannot get success in this area and divorce is not an option because no one, because there's no unfaithfulness, what other option is there? And what are the specifics of bettering oneself? How does one who desires spicy sex and connection just give it up? Thanks. Signed, Mr. Focusing on Me. Those are tough questions, right? And Pam has all the answers in the extended content. (laughs) Well, based on the conversation you and I just had, Pam, in the extended content today, I'm going to be interested what happens when we stop the recording. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and analyze, I guess. You have to listen to this again when it comes out. Right. Yeah, I know. I know. What's new? What's well, but new? this is this is one of those things that's so much fun about doing this show for so long that we've been doing it now because mm-hmm. it's really a relationship with the nation. Mm-hmm. That we get people that push back, we get people that ask the good questions, that that speak into. But how do I really do that? No, give me more specific. Get narrower. Get deeper. You know those kinds of things, and that's where we get better. Yeah. And then I think that also helps challenge us in our own life. Yeah. In a lot of ways too. Well, this bit sexy marriage radio. If we left something undone or we're too counselor-ish, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We'll see you next time.